As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Symbol. Guys, we have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you can earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the nearly 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your deposit risk-free. Again, that's www.symbull.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. What's up, guys? Man, oh, man. What a game, right? It was nice to see the Bears compete. It was nice to see the Bears dig themselves out of a hole there in the fourth quarter and take the lead uh, and everything. But uh, per the new standard for our defense, we uh, they had a call to duty and they came up short. And uh, the Bears uh, fall short for the fourth week in a row heading into the bye uh, you know, came into, you know, October at three and two, and now we go into the bye week in November at three and six. So, oh, so not good, but, um, you know, an outstanding game, uh, a lot of fun, uh, to watch. Um, we will talk about the penalties. We will definitely talk about them. We'll touch upon them here. And then tomorrow we will talk about the, um, about the penalties and the ramifications and who's to blame and whose fault it is and all that kind of stuff. Because when it comes to the penalties, there was plenty of blame uh, to go around. You know, it was uh, definitely the the refs inserting themselves into the game, uh, the Bears being stupid and uh, the not getting, you know, and, 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 and you'll hear me talk about it in the knee-jerk reactions tomorrow, but it's like the referees were all over the game as far as, there were the calls that they did make were frustrating more times than not. And what was more frustrating was the calls they didn't 
make. Uh, and like I said, we'll dive more into that uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about Cassius Marsh here at the end um, in Bear Up and Bear Down. But, uh, you know, lots to talk about. Little time space to get to it. So let's go ahead and get started. It's the week nine episode of the Bears Talk Underground, Bear Up and Bear Down. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud and I don't know. So going into this game, I kept saying, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect from the Bears because it always seemed like what we and when, and I mean the the, the you know the, the the biblical bee in, in all of us that uh you know, no matter what we seem to think, the Bears like to do the opposite. For whatever, they just seem hell-bent on swimming upstream, uh, you know, against the tide uh, kind of thing. It's just, it was so frustrating. And to think that, okay, here's what the Bears should do. This is what, and what every logical person who watches football or cares about the game or follows it or, you know, anything like that would say from the talking heads on ESPN to the local guys on the radio at Hogan Johns all the way down to little old me in, in my chair here at my desk all having the same opinion about what the Bears should be doing and then to watch them go out there and do the opposite. It was mind-numbingly frustrating. But last night it just seemed like they were more in tune with doing that, especially in the second half of the game, and we saw them have success and damn near win uh, a football game that they were down two scores going into the fourth quarter. So, I mean, it was... you're almost upset that this is a bye week because I want to see what this team does next week. And we have to wait two weeks to find out how they respond uh, to this. And we have a head coach who is notoriously bad at getting his team prepared for games out of the bye. So yeah, I think Nagy's record coming out of the bye is one and something. It's not good. You know, and and when I say bye, I'm talking about even mini buys coming off of, uh, you know, Thursday nights slash Thanksgiving games and everything. The Bears either, <laughs> we just don't show up. I think we've only won maybe one or two in the Matt Nagy era thus far. We've only won one or two of those games coming off of the buy and or mini buy. It's, uh, it's not good. So I'm not looking forward to this game uh, against the Ravens for that reason. If we were playing them in six days, uh, on Sunday afternoon in Soldier Field, I am jacked about the Bears and the Ravens game, especially with what I saw the Vikings do to the Ravens this past Sunday. I would be super excited about it. But the fact that we have to wait two weeks to see the Bears get ready under the tutelage of a head coach who has a cat who just has an, an, an unbelievable failure of getting his team ready uh, to play. Basically, I mean, the Bears were so slow out of the gates. Uh, tonight it was ridiculous and we finally kind of snapped out of it and and you know kind of you know got ourselves back into the game especially in the the second half but the first half was so weird uh as well you'll hear me talk about it in knee-jerk reactions tomorrow we're like going into the half they showed a bunch of graphics about the offense and all that kind of stuff and the bears were literally winning the game everywhere except on the scoreboard they had more yards, more time of possession. Uh, you know, more, we had more passing yards, more rushing. We were beating the Steelers everywhere except where it counted, which was on the scoreboard. So, very weird, very weird first half, and then the second half, the Bears seemed to uh, well do nothing in the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter is where everything came to life, and where all of a sudden, you know, you look at a final score like twenty nine to twenty seven, you think, oh. 
this was a back and forth. It's like, no, not really. It was a game that pretty much was all encapsulated in the final 15 minutes uh, of the fourth quarter, at least for the Bears uh, anyway. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting game. We have lots of bear ups and bear downs uh, for this one because we have so much uh, to talk about. Saw a lot of performances that I was uh, happy with slash proud of and uh, a few that uh, really annoyed me. I mean, just it's and it's the stupid things that uh, that, you know, that really get to you in uh, in this kind of thing. So let's go ahead and dive in. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I think that uh, aside from my uh, traditional, uh, you know, we'll, we'll split up. We'll, we'll do one category, then we'll take a break and come back and do the other. I think we'll just kind of try to, try to do them all at once here, like kind of mix them up uh, together because uh, I think that's how we'd be better served uh, for this. So let's start. Um, where do we want to go first? Um, you know, let's start with the bear downs. Um, because it just there aren't many, but the ones that are there were just really pissing me off. I mean, bear down to Robert Quinn. And overall, Robert Quinn played a really good game. Overall, he did. But how many times do you have to get flagged for being offsides, for lining up in the neutral zone, to keep giving the Steelers free plays, before you start paying attention to where you're lined up, and this is not a rookie that we're talking about. This is a 10, 11-year veteran that over and over kept lining up in the neutral zone. I mean, you could see it just watching it on television. Quinn is offsides. Quinn is I was like, how many times did he get away with it versus how many times he actually got called for it? But it was it's just over and over again. I mean, and he wasn't the only one. I think Travis Gibson got called for it. Uh, the new guy, Cassius Marsh, also I think got called call for it once. Roquan actually jumped offside, so that was more of a legitimate offsides penalty as opposed to just being an idiot. Because you, as a defensive lineman, you have your hand in the ground, you're looking down the line of scrimmage. How can you not tell that you're offsides? How can you not tell? Over and over again it happened. The Bears had 12 penalties for 115 yards in this game. That's where they lost the football game, right there, in the, in, the, in, the, in the penalties. In those penalties, unbelievable. Because those penalties is what decided the outcome of the game. Those are the penalties that decided the outside outcome of the game. So for, for being so fundamentally stupid, I got to give Robert Quinn a bear down uh, in this one. But speaking of Robert Quinn... Bear up to our defensive line. Just overall, in, in this football game, they dominated the line of scrimmage. They dominated the line of scrimmage. They, they did not let 
uh, Najee Harris dictate the football game uh, to us. And you remember, you know, Chris Carter, our friend from Locked On Steelers, said if the Bears want to have a shot in this thing, they basically have to shut down Najee Harris. Now, we didn't shut him down. But he didn't take over the football game. He didn't, you know, rush for 150 yards because the Bears have been doing really bad in the run uh, the last few weeks. And the last thing that we wanted to do was face this kid. You know, that was the last thing that we uh, that our run defense needed. You know, we we didn't need a national TV date uh, for this kid to carve us up with the whole world watching coming off of performances where it just seemed like every running back we faced got more yards than the one we faced the week before uh, kind of thing because the Bucks, the 49ers, and the Packers just rolled up the running yards on us. Najee Harris didn't crack 100 yards. I don't even really think he got very close uh, to it. I think maybe he cracked 100 yards total in his uh, – because the Steelers, I, I was watching the football after show um, – here you know after the game and I think they said that the Steelers as a whole only had 105 yards rushing and and we know that didn't all come from uh Najee Harris so uh we we did an effective job dominating the line of scrimmage it was um but it was frustrating to watch the defense uh you know be in second and short third and short situations and win and then lose on fourth down uh, Najee Harris, 22 carries, 62 yards. So he didn't even have three yards of carry uh, in this game. So it was a very outstanding performance uh, from our defense. Uh, we came in with a focus to stop him, and we actually pulled it off. And the defensive line winning at the point of attack, winning at the line of scrimmage, was a very big reason why. So bear up to that unit as a whole. So uh, I know that um, technically Robert Quinn and, and Gibson aren't uh, technically defensive linemen, but they – line up on the line of scrimmage we'll just go ahead and bubble them into that one uh as well so uh while we're talking about linemen bear up to larry borum uh his second start uh, of the season and trust me these first two not exactly an ideal situation you want to be breaking in a rookie offensive tackle with going up against tj watt and joey uh is it joey nick nick bosa i always get him confused nick bosa uh in his first two starts now, I know he wasn't facing these guys exclusively, but man, T.J. Watt lines up more times than not on the right side of the offensive line. So he is more times than not going ahead, going with, uh, going up against T.J. Watt, and he did an outstanding job. Now, the NFL and the, and the stats would tell you that um, T.J. Watt had a quote-unquote monster game last night because he had three sacks. Statistically, that's true. But as far as like, did you notice TJ Watt last night? Because I got I know that I'm I'm full of bias and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. He wasn't that guy that was just ravaging uh with the pass rush. He wasn't constantly up Justin Fields' butt last night or or anything like that, uh or that tonight. So I just I didn't see like total domination from TJ Watt. I didn't see him overwhelming our rookie offensive tackle. And, you know, I just love what, what I'm seeing from Larry Borum. And uh, I'm very glad that he's back and healthy uh, and in the starting lineup. Uh, Jermaine Afidi is not going to get his job back when he comes back healthy from his uh, knee injury. So, uh, you know, the future looks bright at, at the one of the tackle spots. Now we just got to get Tevin Jenkins healthy so we can see what the other one looks like. I know that's not going to put Jason Peters on the bench uh, or anything, but uh, it'd be nice to know that uh, 
you know, when Jason Peters can retire at the end of the season, we'll have, you know, and I honestly, I would think that maybe you want to slide Borum over to left and put Tevin Jenkins in at right, this position he dominated uh, in college. But, um, you know, that's a discussion for a different time. But, um, you know, I, I love what I saw from Larry Borum yesterday. T.J. Watt had a quote-unquote monster game because he had his three sacks. I think a lot of that had to do with uh, Justin Fields being a bit indecisive about when he should run uh, in this game last night. But Because uh, it wasn't like the traditional, like when you see a guy that had three sacks, he got three sacks, but he was also like, you know, this many pressures, maybe got a few hits or anything like that. I didn't see T.J. Watt having a game uh, like that. I didn't. I think that... He got the sacks when he got to the quarterback, and otherwise he didn't really dominate the game, and I think Larry Borum played a big uh, role in that, and he's been outstanding in his first two games despite the competition he's had to face to, to start off his, uh, his career. So bear up to Larry Borum for a great effort uh, tonight against a, uh, a high-caliber uh, pass rusher and uh, T.J. Watt. Bear up to Darnell Mooney. Man, Bears scored two touchdowns on offense last night, and Mooney scored them both. Uh, he did the, the jet sweep thing for the first touchdown, made an outstanding uh, touch, and got the toe drag in uh, for the second one that gave the Bears the lead with about a buck 30, buck 40 to go in the game uh, in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, he's, he's coming up clutch, which is more than you can say for uh, another guy that I gave a bear up to. That's Allen Robinson, and I got to give Allen Robinson a bear up for showing up. Finally, man, where the hell you been? And I know it's not all your fault uh, and everything. Uh, Justin Fields, 290 yards, so there was a lot to go around uh, this past uh, this game. So, uh, but, you know, finally, nice to see Robinson, uh, you know, getting involved uh, in the offense and uh, making some cut clutch catches uh, in this ball game uh, as well. You know, Robinson... Uh, Four catches for 68 yards. So every catch that he made uh, was a it was an a significant one. So and he uh, that especially that one on the last one that set up the game winning well, game winning. I wish um, the go ahead uh, touchdown, uh, 39 yards there. That one on the sideline. He ran a great route. Justin put exactly where he needed to. Great gain for Robinson to get us deep into. Uh, Steeler territory. I mean, Mooney only had three catches for 41 yards, but, uh, you know, like I said, they were they were impactful, and, you know, he ran the ball in for a touchdown uh, as well. You can't uh, discount that, especially for an offense like ours that struggles so mightily for scoring points. For him to be the reason that we did more times than not uh, was nice to see. Uh, let's flip it over back to Bear Down, and I got to give a Bear Down to Jakeem Grant. Now, I, I really like this guy. I like him a lot. He has that Cordero Patterson attitude as far as like no kick is, uh, you know, there's no touchback that he didn't hate kind of thing. He will bring anything out. But it just seems like I feel like at Cordero Patterson uh, at least was able to get us back to where we would have been had he just kneeled the ball in the end zone. Jakeem Grant, on the other hand, for whatever reason, doesn't do that. Now, I don't know if it's if we can put that more on the rest of the unit, not getting him the lanes and opening things up for him that we need to because he's definitely got the speed to do something dangerous. And then the one time that he actually breaks one and is doing well, he fumbles it away. Uh, and it's just like, oh, 
Come on, man. Really? The one time that you can like get us to midfield for our starting position and you cough up the football. It's just like, come on. So, you know, like I said, I love his gung-ho attitude it, it, with, with this team, with the way that we struggle with scoring points, the way that we struggle at times moving the ball, anything that this guy can do to get us into better field uh, position, I'm all for it. It's just it just seems like when he makes that calculation, he guesses wrong a lot and ends up, you know, not getting us back to the 20 or the 25 where we would have started had he just kneeled the ball or in this type of situation uh, when he actually makes a play, he makes one for the other team as well by coughing up the football. So not a good night for him. Got to give him a bear down, even though I'm a fan overall and uh, enjoy having him uh, on the team. Uh, back to the bear upside. Speaking of fumbles, uh, bear up to uh, Iggy, to Yoel, uh, Joel E.A. Booneyway. He forced the fumble there in the fourth quarter that led to uh, DeAndre Houston Carson's uh, scoop and score. And uh, it, it put the Bears in a position to basically reinvigorate the team and put us back into the game. You know, we um, I think it was, uh, it, it was a punt. I'm pretty sure it was. So much happened in the fourth quarter. I barely remember, but, uh, it was a punt. We kick it off to the, we punted away, uh, to them. We get the guy wrapped up. The ball comes loose. Deandre picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown, but it was Iggy that, uh, that jarred the ball loose. And upon review, the ball was moving before, uh, the kid, uh, was, was it Ray Ray McLeod, something like that. Number 14. I remember, uh, was who it was, uh, fumbles the ball. And you say, well, why not give one to DeAndre Houston Carson? Well, the ball's got to come loose. Uh, DeAndre Houston Carson did the easy part. He picked it up and he ran it in. And for a team that hasn't forced a turnover since the Raider game, that's why Iggy gets the, the bear up. He actually did what the Bears had proven to be impossible over the last month and got the football loose so that the play could be made. That's why Iggy gets the bear up over uh, DeAndre Houston Carson. DeAndre was the, the right place at the right time, scooped it up, and ran it in. Also, ironically, DeAndre was the last guy to force a turnover with the interception against the Raiders. But um, this is one that we needed. We needed it bad, and Iggy made it happen, and we got, the, we got, the, you know, got it on the board, got us within striking distance, and made it into a football game uh, after uh, that happened. So uh, very big bear up to... Uh, for Iggy to make that. That was a spark that we needed, and it catapulted us into competing our way through the fourth quarter, even though uh, we came up short. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Bear up David Montgomery. Stat statistically, it wasn't pretty, um, or not, you know, sexy, I guess would probably be a better word. 13 carries, 63 yards. I mean, nearly five yards a carry. That's pretty damn sexy. But um, what, what I really liked was what Montgomery opened us up to and that was when the Bears ran the Wildcat with, with Montgomery playing as the Wildcat quarterback and everything. The defense had to respect everybody who touched the ball, which meant that that was going to open up opportunities for anyone who ended up with the football. I mean, we were running the Wildcat on the play that Darnell Mooney ran in for a touchdown because that edge rusher on the end, who was basically, that's the guy who... Who, you, who dictates who gets the ball and who doesn't. If he comes crashing down the line of scrimmage, then you give it to the guy running to the outside. Or if he's 
If he hangs back to anticipate the guy coming to the outside, Montgomery keeps the ball and runs it up the middle. And instead, the guy came crashing down, respecting Montgomery and his ability uh, to run the football. He gives it off to Mooney, who runs in untouched for a touchdown uh, You know, in that football game. So, I mean, it was an outstanding uh, play. And it that that formation worked really well for us during the game because of David Montgomery. Um, handing it off to Kalu Herbert, giving it off to Mooney, uh, and things like that. It worked really well because David Montgomery is David Montgomery, and they had to respect his ability to run the football, especially between the tackles. That's where David Montgomery eats, and uh, be- because they had to respect him, they had to. Everybody had to make that one second of hesitation. And that was more than enough for these pro football players, these running backs, to find the daylight they need to get through the line of scrimmage and into the second level. So nearly five yards of carry from Montgomery. Um, being a, an awesome decoy in the Wildcat uh, offense uh, as well, he had a huge impact on the game despite his stats not being, you know, blow your hair back worthy. It was a great return uh, for him. And uh, it was awesome to watch and have him not show any rust after being off for four weeks, five weeks, um, running the football uh, and everything. Would have liked to see a little bit more Khalil Herbert. Hopefully that's something we can work on as we uh, mosey our way into the second half uh, of the season after the bye week against the Ravens uh, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, what I saw from Montgomery, I liked. Didn't, you, didn't, you didn't notice that he hadn't played football in over a month uh, with the way that he played uh, last night. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, Spotify Green Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me at Club 34-7 and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast. I'll be hosting rooms every week. Uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in, let's have a conversation, let's talk bears, let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> All right, wrapping it up as we uh, start winding things down here for uh, Bear Up and Bear Down, I want to give a bear up to our tight end, Cole Komet. Man, good game from Cole uh, this week. Leading receiver in the football game, six catches, 87 yards uh, in the ball game. Would also like to give a bear up to Jimmy Graham. 
showing up and making catches made only his well you know what Jimmy Graham was robbed uh of a touchdown uh in this football game made a great catch on that play uh as well was knew the knew where he was on the field made the catch did the toe drag got the touchdown uh before the referees decided to get involved and uh you know make sure the money line was secure for the Steelers or whatever the hell that was all about what a bogus call that was but um, made a really great, like, Jimmy Graham-esque type catch. Like, the kind of play that he made there late in the football game, that's why we signed Jimmy Graham, to give us plays like that where he made a – he ran a great route, was down the seam, and Justin put a dime of a throw on him. He catches it in traffic for 28 yards. Only his second official catch of the season. Because his first catch was in week one against the Rams, and he hadn't he had barely touched the field. He was really only being used as a run blocker, never really getting any targets going his way. But he stepped up. He's back off the COVID list uh, before the uh, before the game here uh, this week. Made a crucial catch late in the football game uh, to get the Bears downfield and, and on a scoring drive. Uh, just uh, you know, I'm very very happy with what I got from uh, Jimmy Graham. Hoping that it's something that we build on getting all the tight ends involved. But Cole Komet, six catches, 87 yards uh, in the football game. He and Justin Fields really seem to be connecting. You know, for all the guys that uh, Fields is still kind of working on that chemistry with because of our epidemic failure in the preseason to get Justin Fields reps with the starters so that he could build chemistry with them. God forbid, worst case scenario, we got to put him out there because the 11-year veteran in Andy Dalton might get hurt uh, or anything like that. Always being prepared, Matt Nagy. Um, he seems to be uh, closing the gap with Cole Komet the largest because I think he and Mooney had always been working together. And when I say he, I mean Justin Fields and Mooney had always been working together. So their chemistry was a little bit, uh, they had more of a shorthand thus far. He's still trying to figure that out with Allen Robinson and Marquise Goodwin and, and other guys. But it seems like as, far as like of those guys on that list that he wasn't working with the entire preseason, Cole Komet is the one that he's uh, seems to be gelling with the fastest and we saw that last night. Six catches, 87 yard. Makes me excited for the second half to see what progress we can get out of those two because um, Cole Komet has been a slow starter in both of his seasons as a professional, and a lot of that hasn't been his fault. Uh, it's just been the fact that we're just not using the guy, and it's making Bear fans out there, especially in the Twitterverse, thinking that we wasted a pick. We could have drafted Chase Claypool, for you know, who's a – who's a stud for the Steelers. We could have had this corner, so Kendall Vildor isn't out there uh, getting killed and all that kind of stuff. You know, for a lot of people, Cole Komet's been a wasted draft pick because he hasn't been productive. And like I said, a lot of that hasn't been his fault. We simply haven't been using him. And now that he and Justin Fields seem to be building a really great rapport, we're seeing a lot of production uh, out of Cole Komet. He had some good catches for good yards last week against the 49ers. He had a great game uh, tonight against the, uh, the Steelers. Something to build on as we go into the second half. Moving on to the Bear Downs, I just mentioned him, Kendall Vildor. Oh, I mean, his ability in coverage is one thing. Um, and I'm, I'm not really faulting him. Um, they're picking on him for sure, but he's not completely letting us down. Where he was bad last night, why do I keep saying last night? Where he was bad tonight was in run defense. 
he was that guy that who just keeps giving up ground, waiting for an opportunity to make a tackle, as opposed to lowering his shoulder into, you know, it's, it's almost like he doesn't know how to play the run, actually. Because he's just standing there backpedaling while the defenders, you know, while the offense just kind of runs in front of him, kind of shielding him off uh, from the ball carrier, when what he really needs to do is bury his shoulder into somebody's guts to throw off the running back's trajectory uh, of where he wants to run the ball so the defense can come in and help. So maybe he's got to slow down and stop and it allows the defense to catch him or whatever. He was terrible in run defense. He was just sitting there giving up ground while he was basically being steamrolled without having a finger laid on him because he just didn't he just wouldn't stick his head in there uh and and make a play. It was so frustrating uh to watch. Mind-numbingly so actually. So yeah, what a lousy what a lousy game he had uh in run defense uh last night. And then finally our our um our last bear down of the night. The defense I got to give a bear down to the defense. This is the third time in four games, the second week in a row, where the offense has made a play. The offense has made a statement and gotten us into position to make a mark on the football game. Three weeks ago against the Packers, when we scored the touchdown to make it 17-14 to 14 with about six, seven minutes to go in the game, we just needed the defense to make a stand, get us the ball back, see if uh, we can carry some of that momentum to either tie the game or, God forbid, take the lead uh, against the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers. Instead, you give up the big play to Devontae Adams. You give up the run to Aaron Rodgers, which gave birth to the I own you uh, moment. Yeah. Fast forward two weeks later, Justin Fields makes that bananas circus run for a touchdown that essentially ties the game, even though we missed the extra point. But, you know, there we were. We were struggling the way we were. Boom, we get into the, t- get into the end zone for a touchdown. We have the momentum. The stadium's exploding. We just need to get the ball back so we can get the lead, you know, go for the lead, see what we can do with this football game. Five plays, 75 yards, touchdown for the 49ers. Ball game over. So here we are. Down 20 to 6 at the start of the fourth quarter. We get ourselves in position. We, you know, we, with an early touchdown, 20 to 13, great. Then the, uh, we give up the field goal. So it's 23 to 13. Then we get the punt, uh, the, the, the uh, fumble on the punt, 23 to 20. We are back in this thing, you know? And that's where it all went sideways. Was, was the, we'll talk about it. Fast forward to the end, okay? 26-20, the Bears have the ball. We drive it down the field. Justin Fields has those dime throws to Jimmy Graham, Allen Robinson. He has the great throw to Mooney for the touchdown, for the toe drag. 27-26, we are winning the game with a buck 40 to go. Now, a lot of people could argue we scored too fast, gave Big Ben too much time, but whatever. So all we need is the defense to take a stand, for them to make a stop. Don't let them get past the 50 don't let them get in field goal range. Their kicker is hot. What happens? They basically march right down the field into field goal range, kick the game winner, Bears lose. You know, we get the ball back with only 26 seconds. And, um, you know, uh, you could argue all day about whether or not it was a better shot at uh, kicking a 65-yard field goal or going for the Hail Mary. I would have opted for the Hail Mary because we have Jimmy Graham on our team. But... uh you know, granted, it's it's a shitty way for Cairo Santos to, to to technically have 
his um, uh, field goal streak snapped. He made 40 in a row before he missed a 65-yard desperation field goal. I'd really love it if that didn't count, but unfortunately, it will. Uh, it's a really bogus way for that to uh, for that streak to snap uh, and everything, but uh, it's going to count. So he's no longer on a 40-kick winning or, you know, make streak or whatever. But, uh, you know, bear up to uh, Cairo Santos making 40 in a row. Um, you know, I, and of course camera tricks made us all think that he hit the crossbar or something. It came up short. He was actually, I don't even think he made it into the end zone, uh, with the ball when they showed the replay from the other side. But, um, anyway, defense just, like I said, third time in four games that, uh, we've needed them to step up. Traditionally, it's the more reliable unit, uh, that we have on the team. The defense has always carried the offense, uh, in Chicago Bears history. And instead, in these moments where we need them to step up the most, they are practically falling over themselves to let us down. Whether it be with the stupid offsides penalties or, uh, you know, leaving, you know, making, uh, you know, boneheaded coverage uh, mistakes uh, and things like that, leaving a guy wide open down the middle to just carve us up and get like 30 yards when we can't afford to give up 30 yards and, um, and things like that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, uh, you know, bear down to the defense. So I guess we can also put that on Sean Desai while we're talking about it. Uh, Just a lousy, lousy job last night. Way to let the team down once again. Once again, you know, it's it's awful. So, and then finally, before we get to our final bear up and our most valuable bear of the game, I don't think I have to really, you know, I won't be letting a cat out of the bag on that one. Real quick, Cassius Marsh, bear down? No, absolutely not. I know a lot of people, I mean, when I, I had my buddy here last night watching the game, he, as well as I do, hates the taunting rule. And it was more of the, you know about the rule, why would you do that thing? I, I disagree. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He stared at the sideline, didn't say a word, didn't didn't jaw to the to the punter who was basically running right at him as he was coming onto the field. Didn't say a word. Just stood there. Then walked away. Then you know jogged to the sideline. And what I found interesting was that the referee said he thought that, that he was taunting, and yet. He waited for Marsh to turn around and run back to the sideline before he threw the flag. If you thought he was taunting, should have thrown the flag while he was taunting the defense or the the sideline or whatever. And it just and when they when they because they came out with his comments late, later on, um, when they asked him what what was the story with that flag because he got roasted. I mean, absolutely roasted online. I mean, even Steeler fans were like, dude, that was a bad call. <laughs> that was a terrible call. Everyone hates the taunting penalty. I think this this should go the way of that whole pass interference review rule that we had a couple years ago. Because it was a lousy rule. It never worked, and they just got rid of it. It was, in, it was in the rule book for a year. This taunting rule should definitely go by the wayside in 2022. It should not exist next year. Okay, because it's so subjective 
And the first thing that Tony Carrente said, it was the official who made the call, was, as you, first of all, as you know, taunting is a point of emphasis this year. So what? So what? I, that rule was made for people who were, you know, literally like jawing in somebody's face, someone who was making some kind, you know, making gestures or, or what have you. Not for somebody just standing there looking at the sideline. And then again, he didn't throw the flag while he was standing there eyeballing the sideline. He threw the flag when Marsh was on his way back to the sideline. So if you thought he was taunting, why not throw the flag while he was actually taunting? Why wait until he's done? Wait till he's, you know, you just sat and think about it and be like, yeah, I'm going to throw the flag. That's a problem. That is a huge problem. This one is a little too subjective for it to be uh, a rule. And the point of emphasis things means that when in doubt, throw the flag. And he did. And it's not one of those that you can contest or uh, overrule or anything like that. Guy makes a call, thinks it's taunting. It's taunting. It's a flag. And even though it was a dead ball foul, it's a 15-yard penalty, which was enough to give the Steelers a first down. Or the, the flag itself, being an unsportsmanlike conduct, is an automatic first down. And that's what led to the 26, uh, the field goal that gave them, tw- you know, the 26-20 the to 20 lead instead of it being 20, 23-20 with them punting the ball uh, back to us. So, no. Cassius Marsh does not get a bear down uh, from me. I thought we got screwed on that call, and I feel pretty good in that stance because I know I'm not alone in my opinion. I mean, it's all over the country. Even Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy, hell, even Steve Levy were like, dude, what is that call? Why make that call? You know, it's like there's like 30 yards of field between Marsh and the sidelines, and they're, they're saying he's taunting them? It's nonsense. Nonsense. So, no. No bear down on uh, Cassius Marsh uh, for that. I don't blame him at all. The referees were out to get us last night, and that was their final uh, dagger through the heart was that bullshit call. So, all right. And here we are at the end, our uh, final bear up and our most valuable bear, Justin Fields. What an outstanding game. Uh, He had uh, eight carries for 45 yards on top of 17 of 29 291 yards and a touchdown last night. Man, that he can't keep the interception off the board, though, man. This that it's just that, you know, the the ball batted down. It was such a weird interception, too. Cam Hayward, uh, you know, who leads the league in batted balls. Okay, great. Um, jumps up, bats the ball, and it was just like it it landed between he and Sam Mustafer in a way. Like if you go back and look at the replay, it almost looks like Mustafer is holding the ball against Cam Hayward's chest. And that's how Cam Hayward was able to come down with it because in, his, uh, in the action uh, of blocking Hayward, he just so happened to kind of stabilize the ball so Hayward could come down with it. It was really weird looking at the replay uh, in slow motion. I know Sam Mustafer wasn't doing that on purpose. It just kind of happened. But, you know, looking at it in slow-mo there, it really just looked like Mustafa held the ball into his chest and be like, here, you take this uh, kind of thing. And that actually led to the second touchdown of the game for the Steelers. They went up 14 to nothing uh, shortly after that. So it was a critical interception, it turns out. But aside from that moment, Justin Fields was, um, I mean, especially in the clutch moments there at the end of the game. He was, he was surgical with his throws. Like I said, his best throw of the night was that one to Jimmy Graham. 
Loved that throw. Uh, he put it in between two defenders, put it where Jimmy Graham could get it. Uh, you know, just outstanding job uh, there uh, from Fields. And you 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 thought that, uh, you know, he played his best game thus far last week against the 49ers with 103 yards rushing and stuff, only for him to come back and play a better game, this time leading us in the passing game um, and almost uh, leading us to a comeback victory on national TV. We got us. We got our quarterback, guys. We got him. Now we just need to uh, put a competent team around him and uh, watch the Hallis trophies and watch the uh, Lombardi trophies come rolling in uh, to Hallis Hall, man. Uh, the the future is bright at that position. Thank God we just got to put an offensive line in front of him that can keep him upright, get him some targets to throw the football to. Oh, and so many things can happen for us. We can start racking up the NFC North Division titles and playoff appearances. Wouldn't that be something? So, anyway, bear up to Justin Fields, our quarterback, most valuable bear for week number nine, and that will do it for Bear Up, Bear Down for week number nine. Come on back tomorrow for the deep dive review. We, we get down into this. We have knee-jerk reactions. We'll talk a bit more about the penalties uh, the ones that uh, were self-inflicted, uh, the ones that were induced on us by the referees, uh, and the impact that it had uh, on the football game. 12 penalties, 115 yards, and a lot of that was garbage. We'll also talk about the penalties that didn't get called. Those killed the Bears uh, as well. So come on back tomorrow. We'll talk about all that and then some to put a wrap on week number nine. And then later on this week, Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears will come on for his annual mid-season review episode we'll talk about the first nine games of the season the progress from justin fields the disaster that has been matt Nagy uh, at times and what to look forward to in the second half of the year so come on back uh tomorrow for the deep dive review and then come on back later this week for me and lauren uh putting a cap on the first half of the season so until then my name is larry d and this has been bears talk underground One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.